This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Cheese bruv, isn't it? Don't put that on the start list. That would make any sense. He will, yeah. But that without context, it just sounds like I'm pretending to be <laughs> from South London. Gangster. You get me. That you said bro. you're from South London. You are, aren't you? Please no, I'm from Crawley, mate. From Crawley. He South is. London and a half. Middle class Crawley, aren't you? Hey, less of the middle class. This is our first podcast introduction, and it's begun with Joe accused me of being middle class. I don't oh, hate well, me now, Joe. Um, I thought you were known as South London's number two. I don't know why. That's mean. Anyway, uh, this is um, it's an all-new thing, apart from people who've been with us for most of the five years. I started doing this probably about three years ago and it gave up. But um, just um, a little bit extra as you, if, you're, if you're downloading the podcast as well as listening live, you get some, some extra chat. Nothing particularly exciting. It's more of a, um, a chance for us to, um, to tell you what's coming up. And, um, and at the end, we'll, we'll just sort of say what you've just heard. I don't know if, that, if that's <laughs> worthwhile. Um, I'm sure stuff will come out of it that will be uh, worthwhile eventually as we get used to doing it. So anyway, it's Nick, Joe and Lucy are still here. We've got Mikey in the background. Um, we can hear like a really loud hiss because Mikey hasn't put the mute back on uh, the microphone of the, uh, the production Skype account. So it's really, it's like we've got a snake following us at the moment. And there, it's gone now. It's gone. That feels a lot better. Is it a gay snake? <laughs> I'm not sure you're allowed to say that. Um, it might, it might be. It's obviously what, uh, what Malky Mackay and um, Ian. Mo- we're allowed to say that, say their names. Yeah, they were, they were found to be. <coughs> yeah, that wasn't alleged, was it? They sent those texts, right? Oh, it's a minefield. Is it? Can I, can, can I just ask a question? I'm, I'm, I'm confused. This is the introduction part, but you're mm. talking like <laughs> surely we're better. Bless you, Lucy. Aren't you mm. meant to make it sound like we've done it before the show rather than after the show? Well, like, so, you know, is this the introduction? We're still here. Well, of course. No, we no, are. we're, we're, we're postmod. We're postmodern, mate. We're, um, you know, we're all about. We're not. We're, we're all about I breaking we were most down the podium. That's not even a joke, is it? That's just you spoonerizing something and <laughs> saying it like but it, it worked. But it podding. doesn't. We are podding. You boring. Just get fed up with you. <laughs> it's only been too long. We've been on an hour and a half, and I've had to just tolerate your existence. And now look. Now you've told them just... how long they've got to listen for. Oh well, shit! Put them off. Is you're right. That's one thing after another. But they can skip now. It's a podcast, isn't it? They can skip this entire introduction. You know. <laughs> And the thing is, though, I wouldn't because we don't know what's come up coming up into the in, in the introduction. We could say something brilliant any minute, couldn't we? We could. I doubt. 
do you mean you doubt it? Five years experience at this, we're pros. Anything, <laughs> anything could happen. So can what I, did I you talk say? Oh, go on, can you just say? Yeah. For five years, yeah. listen to the first podcast and listen oh, now. Don't. It ain't please. got much better, has it? <laughs> That'll be, and I won't spoil it, that'll be in our, um, our podcast we released during the course of the week uh, to celebrate the five years. But the first ever intro, uh, I, I actually say, I get confused as I often, often do in the introductions on the very first show in the same way I do now. It's, it's amazing. Um, by saying you can text us, no, is it text us on this to send a text or something like that? <laughs> I say text twice and it's, yeah, it bugs me even now. So what's coming up? We talk... Um, well, what was the key topics of discussion? We took calls this week. That's that's a good thing coming up. Uh, we had a call from uh, Keith and a call from Nick. Nick Phil got me. Hell, not you, not you. You were confused at one stage, weren't you, Nick? By there being two Nicks. I was. Well, you kept saying Nick, and I was thinking, do I answer him or not? Yeah. Well, I'm. Um, we got through it though, right? No, we didn't, because we're going <laughs> to say we didn't get through it because we want them to listen beyond the introduction. Oh yeah. See how we coped later on. It's, um, yeah. But don't skip forward to it. Oh, this is confusing. Jen, you haven't said anything in this introduction, really, have you? Apart from, you know, insulting he's me and calling me clubs. He's just got his head in his hands on the video here, Chris. He's just yeah. shaking his head with his head in his hands. You're right, mate. So, what's uh, up? My little Bob Geldof moment. Listen to the f***ing <laughs> video. <laughs> it's a show. It's a podcast. Well, They're not filmed. Well, Listen. No, yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On that note, Enjoy. Every picture tells a story. Keep up to date with ours on Instagram at Homestale Radio. Right, we are five years old. It means we've started talking in complete sentences and we're on our way to school. No, hang on. Um, <laughs> it means, um, I don't know what it means really, but uh, we've somehow been doing this for five years. Um, we'll be releasing a podcast during the course of the week once we finish recording it it was a little bit too much to get it all done and review a game today so we uh we took the decision earlier on when me and mikey were sort of going through some stuff that we would actually release it as a separate podcast a kind of a celebratory look back um some truly truly amazing clips that i was listening to earlier on which i think you'll enjoy um i'm gonna try and do a few other little bits and pieces for it especially and nick you're already wanting to speak yeah you say we're five years old how come you've aged 10 in that five years oh mate that's that's harsh and shots fired yeah yeah i mean coming from you as well that's i mean you look like a corpse mate yeah anyway um (laughs) 
that's a nice way to start the show. Yeah. Uh, one of the things we'd like to do today is we'd like to get uh, get some of you involved calling the show. And I had a couple of people try it last week. We had some issues with the phone lines then, but they should be working today. Some from around seven forty today till about eight pm. Twenty minutes. If you give us a call, uh, we'll be chucking you straight on air to join the conversation. Um, to take the number down now, it's o two o eight one two three four zero nine eight. That's 0208-1234098. So roughly from around 740-ish, get involved in the conversation. Let's hear your views as well. If you want to tell us we're talking rubbish, which some people seem to like to do, do that. If you want to tell us you agree, do that. If you've got something completely different you want to talk to, talk to us about, then we're happy to hear from you. Um, so the general um, theme of, of the show today, I think, is going to be actually, okay, we've had four defeats on the bounce. We've had a very sort of frustrated kind of uh you know response to that again but i think we're looking around there's been some quite uh should we say diplomatic approaches to the to the game as well and i genuinely think the theme should be that we weren't actually that bad it was a, it was a reasonable performance and a couple of things we'll be talking about today include are we frustrated because we feel that the, the good start we had is being wasted is that why people are reacting as strongly as they are or do we genuinely fear being dragged into a, a relegation battle despite having you know, 31 points on the board. It's um, it's an interesting point of discussion. So I'll, uh, I'll kick us off by talking about the fact that we, we began with the same lineup. Were you expecting any changes at all, Joe? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, have, have we got any changes to make? Mm. Um, judging, you know, usually if you have three defeats on the bounce, someone bites the bullet. Um, but, but no one is. You know, we're playing pretty much... Apart from the addition of, of Wickham, um, we're pretty much playing the same team. Um, yes, it's uh, it's frustrating to, to, from a point of view where we thought we had uh, quite a, you know um, strength in depth, and it's it's quite apparent that we we actually don't. No, um, well, it's it's been these these little things. We brought in um, Sacco, for example. We brought in. To, to give us that competition in the wide areas to have a, to have a goal threat. And he's just been injured and unfit. I um, believe he's out again for about another, potentially another month or so um, after coming back for, for the best part of, I don't know, was it, was it a game? Did he even make a game? I'm not sure. Nick? We keep saying uh, four defeats on the bounce. Didn't we sort of beat Southampton in the cup? In yeah, yeah. That. So, you know, we, I think we should include that just to make it sound a bit better. Mm. Better, yeah. That's right. Um, no, it's a, it's a fair point as well, and you know th- that was a good win against Southampton. A lot of players who had been struggling in the for form in the league, you know, punching in particular, had, had very good games that day, and we did kind of hope that that would that would kick us on, but you now it didn't work out that way. So, um, but it, but the performances, and I, I think Delaney said this after the game, didn't he, Luce? That the performances have been have been getting going back to how they should be. Yes, um, he, he did make a comment, um, words to those effect, Hamburg, and I, I think. The other things that Damo was saying was that, um, that uh, I've got an actual quote from him, which was, um, we're not as resolute as we have been in the past. And I think that sort of sums it up quite well. But he then goes on to say that, you know, 3-1 flattered them and um, we just need to think about the next game now. And I think he said, come, come in Monday and we go again, which I think mm. a lot of people need to think along those lines there's a lot of negativity flying around and I think with that attitude we can progress a bit further if people keep sort of shooting everything down 
it's just going to make it seem a million times worse. Yeah, it is, and you get that cumulative effect, don't you? If we don't quite let go of the last game, um, it can it can affect you into the next one. And, and you know, obviously, four consecutive defeats in the league have seen us drop to the to eleventh, which is our, our lowest place in the league for some time. But I mean, you know, eleventh at this stage of the season is not a terrible place to be for a, a club the size of Palace. And again, it, it comes down to that whole idea of, of you know not trying not to get ahead of yourselves. And we did a bit when we had that that momentum. I think we did. You know, perhaps there, there were games that we were winning where it could have gone one way or the other, and we just happened to be losing those at the moment. And, you know, we've had some bad performances. The, the performance, the way we lost against Man City was frustrating. It was a bad result, should we say, the, the, the 4-0. But, I mean, performance against Villa was probably our, our worst for, for quite some time. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's a whole catalogue of, of, of things going against us, I think, at the moment. And that's really the what we'll probably talk about about today in general I, I felt we had um, even at the start of the game um, the confidence was notably low we, we conceded possession very very early on to Spurs and Joe they, they did you know they did play well Spurs they're a good side aren't they yeah they are they've got some they've got some fantastic players um, there's, there's no there's no denying that the, you know where they are isn't a fluke because when they break they are frighteningly quick mm. Um I mean, I, I know the, the world and his dog's been talking about Deli Ali, but I mean, he is everywhere. He is a he is a very very good player. And what a pick from you know all these all these teams going out and spending twenty five, thirty, forty million from abroad. When you've got players, literally, I know they're they're, they're a rarity, but someone saw him. He was playing in League One. You know, yeah. just just a, a fantastic effort and what a step up. Um, it just shows that these good players, when they're surrounded by better players, can raise their game. It's just the way it is. Um, but yeah, I, I, th- I thought they over—they just overran us. Um, do you think? All- do you think though that that being overrun by by them in that sense, I guess? Uh, do you think that's more about? Could we approach the game differently? Could, if if we were a confident, you know, side that had coming off the back of a few good results, would we have been? You know, would we have had more possession than we had? Would we not quite have? Shown them that level of respect, you think? I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what I was thinking. I was thinking the other day that we've that we've raised our game to to passing and, and 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 really trying to move the ball about. But it seems that what we've done, we've basically we caught up with the old Premier League, and this year everyone seems to be able to beat everyone. But but teams like Spurs seem to have really up their game. Um, like a bit like Villa the other day when they just they shut us down so quickly yeah. absolutely you know it, it's, it seems to be like the the five or six man midfield there doesn't seem to be a lot of space at the moment we should really suit us you know playing, playing mm. wide players but it, but it doesn't we seem to be rushed and, and we can see possession um, I think I think it's sometimes it, it does seem to be that you know uh, the, the the mentality is they're a better side than us they're a better passing side than us let them have the ball let them try and break us down and we let them on the break you know um, maybe but, it worked it worked a lot at the beginning of the season but now now people have sussed us you know they're just doubling up on they're, they're working hard they're working hard to stifle us um, I just, I just think that generally is the way the Premier League is going at the moment. Yeah, at the moment though, Joe, we haven't got the speed to go on the break because we're missing Balassi, we're missing Sarko, Sacco, Sarko, um, aren't we? <laughs> so we we haven't. Can you imagine Ledley going on a break like that? Tottenham yesterday seemed a lot of the time seemed like they had more players on the pitch than us because they were a lot more mobile. They just seemed to want it more. I thought 
We we, we were poor. No. It was funny. No, we were poor it's not first it's not one it more, Nick. I just I sometimes you have to put your hands out and just go. They've got better players than us. They're better than us. Yeah, that's what I said at the end. Well, I mean, I'm, well, that's, that's what it is. Then they're, they're yeah. better players than us. They're quicker. They're faster. They're stronger. Let's, you said we have to up our game, and, it's, and this is what transfer windows and, and pre you know pre season is for. He said, you know, everything was going great when Balassi was you know firing on all cylinders, and we and, and Sacco was coming on. We had pace to replace pace, and that's and that's what we need to remember is. Is that it's not strength and it's not fantastic amounts of passing that's got us where we are. It's pace, purely pace, because the Premier League takes a while to warm up, and it seemed that we, you know, we, we hit the ground running. Exactly, and I think it's just, yeah. You know, I, I remember, and I hate it. I hate it because it's the one of the people I detest most in football. But Pulis once turned around and said about us not so long ago. He said that we overachieved. We had a co- collectively overachieved to get where we were when we finished 11th. And I think he's right. You know, we, we have to continue. We have to overachieve. And unless we're going to start bringing in the ilk of, you know, 60, 80, 90,000 pound a week players, which is what everyone else does. Now, Sorry, Gel. Gel, Jell, you've contradicted yourself there because you're saying <laughs> the players that are doing well are the ones from the lower leagues and they ain't the 60 to 80,000 pound players. I'd say to you that the 60 to 80,000 pound players are the ones we need to miss out on because they're the journeymen that are after the money. Let's get the ones that are hungry. They're all after Let's money. Let's take a punt. Well, so obviously, you, so, but so you so you don't reckon that Daily Alley at the end of this at the end of this season that won't sign a new deal for about sixty to eighty grand a week? You're on drugs. Someone else will see that. Money. No, that's the end. That's the end of the season. We're talking yeah, about now, though, aren't we? Yeah, but no one, no one knew he was going to turn around well, and, and, and be like he was. No, but, I mean, no it's, 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 it's as with anything, guys, I, th- I think the truth is somewhere in, be- in between. Because of course, you can find like someone like Kabai who you're paying the big bucks to, who is worth it, and you can also find you know low, lower league gems that are worth it, but. You know, at the same time, I, the opposite is true, isn't it? You, you can you can get some real crap from the divisions below that aren't even worth the, the fifteen grand or whatever you're paying them in the Premier League, and never quite cut it. And you can also, you know, get a mercenary, in, and, that, and that's always the danger. Go on, loose scare word with ed, ed, edgeways. Oh, I can't even say that. Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> um, I think the thing that frustrates me with Palace is that we often rely on one person. So. You know, when the season that Wilf was going to Man United, everyone was like, oh, what we're going to do? And I think I'm a firm believer of one man doesn't make a team. We've got a group of players that at the minute aren't combining as a team and aren't doing the job that they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, they're, they're putting an effort in certain places, but there just doesn't seem to be that desire that there was at the start of the season. Mm. And I just think that I mean, we're heavily relying on Kabai, uh, not Kabai, um, on um, Yannick. Now, he's not there. So we need to deal with the situation without him. And we can't think, oh, we're, well, we're a better team when Yannick's playing. Well, you know, someone might come in and off 25 million for Yannick and he'll be off. So we need to start thinking about all the formations. We, we can't rely on Kabai. We, we, it's, it's just so frustrating that we seem to think of one player as the, the, the root of winning a game. Mm. Well, I, I, know, I know what you're getting at. And we, you're right, we do do that particular, at Palace particularly. When, certainly when we're losing. <clears throat> like at the moment, a lot of people are explaining with, with, um, with uh, uh, Balassi being out, of course. But it's funny, at the start of the season, we were all talking about when's Balassi going to find form and is he worth being in the team. So it's funny how things work out. It really is. But, um, I, you know, and, and the same with Kabai being out. You know, we talk about, 
whenever he's out the, the, the side, we don't look like the same team and all that kind of stuff. So it's all a bit weird, um, the, the way we do pick on one player. But you're right, it is the, whole, the whole point is um, that we do kind of, um, we, well, we are a team. We've got the way, where we have got by, you know, team spirit, togetherness and all that kind of stuff. Um, Nick, you got some stuff in the chat room there before we move on? Yeah, Booted Eagle says, um, you know, it's, this is wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Uh, Booted Eagle says you need a mix. You need no, the nurtured players feed off the or the new players. I don't know, the neutered players. Maybe if we uh, neuter all our players, they'll start playing better. Like cats. That is not a good idea. No, no, they feed off the quality. <laughs> um, John, the program seller, he thinks the last few games have proved the position we are in in this league. City, Chelsea, and Spurs were all games. When you compare squads, we really should not win. They're mm. not. They've got much stronger squads than us. So we, we shouldn't be too downhearted. I was, I was gutted after the game yesterday. I, I came onto our little chat and had a rant, and then I felt better after that. And, you know, it's, it's mad how everything goes into bloody meltdown, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I muted that conversation because of you, Nick, just so you know. Yeah, it was all Mikey's fault because he was saying it was the goal of the year, and then you put up the wrong goal for me to look at. And I'm saying, no, it wasn't. He's saying, yes, it was. And then he showed me the, the, the alley goal. And I said, yeah, yeah, that was a goal of the year. But that wasn't the one you were talking about. And everybody left. And it wasn't my fault. All right. All right. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, well, I, I agree that there is certainly after a game, it's always general rule for me that I spend very little time on uh, on message boards or social media or all that kind of stuff, really. It's because the instant reaction is always, including my own, I'm not trying to make myself out to be something I'm, you know, something different. You know, my reaction at games, I mean, Luce will tell you, I sort of stand there all the time. I am I am not quite a reasonable and considered person at games. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I like... Yeah, exactly, that's when we're winning. No, um, I, yeah, I just, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm just like anyone else. I, I get frustrated with things, but you do have to try and, kind of give it perspective. And that's, you know, that's often what's missing um, in, in your initial reaction. But no, look, it is what it is. You know, we're, we're all... We're all looking for answers as to you know why things have gone the way they've gone recently, and also what we can do about it. And the transfer window is that thing, isn't it? It's it's, it's the window's open. Other teams are signing players, and every day that goes past, where someone else signs for another team, like Charlie Austin's the one which has been a source of debate, shall we say, um, in off air for us. With um, a few of us don't believe that he would have been the right signing anyway, and a few of us do, and it's that's that's a debate that I think will go on for a while. Um, we may bring that on air at some point again. But um, look, we've had a few questions in from, from listeners so far. And again, just to remind you that uh, from about 7.40-ish, you can get in touch with us on the phone. Take, take the number down, 0208 1234098. But there's a discussion going on, um, on earlier on about whether or not Hennessy was at fault for the first goal, which we'll come to in a minute. But uh, some interesting points there from uh, uh, Mike Timms as one of them involved in that conversation that I've just lost this second lost as well. Oh, Richard Foster as well and Carl Mortimer all talking about that. A lot of de- debate over whether it was Damo, whether it was Wayne Hennessy who was responsible. So we'll, we'll come to that in a bit. But some questions from uh, Gareth Jones as well, who's um, raised the question of punching, which we seem to talk about every week. So I'm not going to go too, mu- too much over that. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit later. But he's also talking about um, academy players. We, again, we've mentioned it in the past, but, you know, there's just been no opportunity for them. So is anyone in our academy good enough? Does it, you know, we all probably know a little bit about the players who are out and about. Jake Gray, for one, is who's, is someone who seems to be excelling um, out on loan at the moment. Um, but I think he'll be staying out there for a while. And we've just sent Johnny Williams off to MK Dons. So, you know, what is is the academy 
you know, we we've got to forget about that until until we've got some better quality coming through. What do you think, Nick? I I think we should we should still have Kai Kai in the squad. I don't think he should have gone out. I think he he'd have been per if, if if teams like Spuds can bring in these younger players who come on, they have got something to prove, and you they're they're still young enough to not to to pull out bags of surprises like that that superb goal he did. You, yeah, they they kind of get that beaten out of them as they get older and get more used to playing the game. Does that make sense? So we need somebody young to give give something a bit different. And do the other team's managers know a lot about Kai Kai? Is something different in the mix? Do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. It goes back to the, the point in the chat room earlier that Bryn School Eagle was mentioning, wasn't it, about... You know, the squad is, is all of a similar ability, similar type. We don't make game-changing substitutions. You can guarantee you bring the sort of, someone like Kai Kai off the bench. You know, he is going to make an impact. You know, probably not every time. You can't rely on it. But, you know, he's got a bit of pace. And like you say, that un- unknown quantity about him. Lucy? I've seen, sorry, Lucy, I've seen him, seen him once uh, play for the first team. It might have only been his first, only appearance. But when he, we played against Newcastle in the yeah, League he, Cup, he scored. And he, he, he did. Looked, he looked s hot. Um, when he came on, and yeah. the Newcastle didn't know what to do with him, so why? All right, give him game time, but let's let's just chuck him in. We're not going to get relegated. Let's let's give it a go. Yeah, you know, certainly when we're where we when we're losing games, and you know we've got injuries, you do sort of raise the question: why? Well, why not take a chance? Now, I believe Kai Kai to be talking about him directly. Obviously, he was called back from loan. Uh, but I believe he's still still out injured. I'm not completely sure whether he's back yet. But you know, he is exactly the sort of player we're talking about. Sorry, Lucy. Um, yeah, just to pick up from what Nick was saying, I agree. I think Salikaiko would be an um, excellent choice. The thing that um, I think you've got to remember is you mentioned Johnny Williams, you've got Punchin, you've got Wilf. They've all come up from um, the, those ranks. And mm. um, I think that, you know, it would it, be good to give them a chance because where else are they going to get it? And... The only thing that I would um, be concerned about is if some if if they do something wrong. Yeah, no, absolutely, and particularly what you're right, and with the way the fans are at the moment, you know, it, it could you know it could potentially ruin you know ruin someone if they're not um you know if they've not got the support there. But I think we're generally pretty good and quite forgiving with academy players, and that kind of goes back to the fact that people still, including me, still want want Williams in the team and not out on loan. Um, you know, we we like we, we you know we like, like to see our own players in the um, in the team really. Um, so yeah, sorry if you're getting some little technical issues from from Lucy's mic. They're trying to sort that out. It was um, distorting a touch there, so uh, that, you're not imagining it if you hear that heard that at home. Um, Brent Morgan saying we might get relegated. Never, never going, never going down, mate. We're all right, and um, if we do, <laughs> we can we can play that back later on. And um, yeah. I'll look forward to that clip at the end of the season if the worst happens. Uh, yeah, and also, um, could lead us sort of back into the game chat. Mummy White got I'd in touch. I'd still pick Sean Scanner if he was in. Yeah. Would you? <laughs> All right. Yeah. You, you're sounding a bit off now as well now. What have you done? Um, anyway, so yeah, going back to, uh, to the contact we've had earlier on, Mummy White, who is in fact, that's Lucy's Mummy White, um, she said even Gary Lineker said on match of the day both teams played well enough said onwards and upwards again keep the faith so that I mean that's sort of that, that puts us back into into the chat about about the game itself really 
And as I said, I felt that early on that the confidence was noticeably low. And um, but I thought we played some nice, decent interplay in, in in the first half, and we saw growing confidence as the game went on. Um, it was a bit easy for Spurs to defend us. I felt you know a lot of um, you know Wickham's movement's pretty good up the top, but it, it's just one player. So when you've got a back four effectively looking after one player, it, it's it's not a tough game for them. And that's I think personally that's where we've got to look. It's not just about chance creation and finishing. It's about looking at how difficult we're making it for teams to defend against us because at the moment it's just way too easy um that that's where i think we've got to do some serious serious work um but anyway i felt spurs, spurs were dominant and um played but played mainly in front of palace and because we, we adopted almost an away side approach let them have the ball and, and basically our outball was wilf um so i think it was it was difficult to, to sort of get into the game but as as the game went on we just we high pressed we pushed them and I thought early on we, we saw MacArthur probably doing most of the work um, from from midfield. Do you think that's fair, Nick? It was he was the one who being relied upon to get forward. Yes. Oh, Gel, <laughs> it's you. What is going on? Um, I don't know. Nick's yeah. gone. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think Spurs. What they did was they were re- they were really pa- they were a really powerful side. I think. I, you, you said about Wickham, Wickham being up there on his own. I mean, he was just battered, but that for Tongan just went through him time after time. You know, he's a, it's a real physical battle. He's, um, it's, it was, it was frustrating. It was, that's that, I think more than anything. I, I just think we, we gave them, I, I don't know. I'll say we, we gave them the, we gave the ball away cheaply and then we just couldn't get it back. But it was, mm. it wasn't a case of trying to, I see Jimmy Mack trying to shut him, you know, shut him down. He ran his nuts off yesterday and, uh, yeah. for, for, for very little reward. Um, and I saw him getting castigated on Twitter. That's a fiasco. I see, we, uh, I see Wilf getting castigated on Twitter. That is a fiasco as well. And, even, and then someone, someone has been posted about Kabai. I mean, are we, are we, are we gonna, are we, can we talk about Deli Ali's challenge on Kabai when he's laying on the ground? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. It's the one thing that I desperately want to talk about. So let's let's do it now. Let's um, because we we talk about all the great things about Dirty Ali. He's got a load of attention for that performance, and you know everyone's talking about the elbow uh, from Connor Wickham, but no one's really talking about other than Palace fans. It seems really talking about that horrible sly knee to the back of uh, on on Kabai, who was already down from being fouled in the first place. I mean, and that, that was just petty as well, because that came, went back to an earlier little scuffle where he's fouled Kabai and not really liked that the decision's gone against him. And, you know, Kabai's a tenacious little player, but, you know, he, he didn't, I didn't see him do anything dirty or anything, you know, underhand to, to Ali. So Ali's just been a, like, a petulant little bitch, to be quite honest with you. I don't know if I should use that word, but I have. <laughs> Um, and I, I honestly, at that moment, I, I just, I hated it. I hated him, that sly little knee. It really, really made me angry. And then for him to go on and, and score the goal that he did uh, and just basically make us look like mugs, that, that made it all the worse. So I properly hate him, I'll be honest, Joe. Well, I, I thought it was bad form because the, the more that you, the more that you look at it, the more spiteful it looks. Mm. But then, no. if we're going to... No, I'll leave it, Nick. It was, you know it was poor. And, and you know, if we're going to talk about that as well, then we might as well we might as well throw a little bit of fairness in. That elbow that uh, uh, that Wickham did on, on... I think it was on Vertonghen. And, God, I'll tell you what, if that had been the other way, we'd have been completely mental. He was lucky he weren't off for that. Yeah. You know, it, it, it was a, I think he should have had a yellow. 
happening right in front of the bench. Everyone's kicking off about it. So I think Deli Ali could have got a yellow easy for that, but but Wickham was a red without without a doubt. You know, um, he could have hurt him and all that. Yeah, and he could conceivably get into trouble for it later on. But you know, I'm, I wouldn't condone that. And again, I, I I'd probably need to see it a few more times because I probably I've only seen it sort of twice, once when it happened and one replay. And I'll, you know, my natural reaction with my Palace bias is to say, you know, he wasn't really looking to hit him. But, you know, from other people's reactions, it does seem like uh, there was a bit more intent than I initially thought. So I need to see that one again. But um, the, I, the, I, it's a man's game, you know what I mean? You, you do, and you do get these little digs all over the pitch all the time and you don't see everything that goes on. But I just thought Ali's part in it was, was totally unnecessary. Go on, Nick. I didn't think it was that intentional. Perhaps if I watched it over and over again, I might see it. What was quite amusing about that was um, Kabaya was rolling around on the floor injured, but it was like a kid in the school playground because he kept pointing at Ali, pointing yeah. at Ali when he did it. Can I just go back to the youngsters? We've got some stuff in the chat on that. Yeah, of course. Wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Um, Booted Eagle, will these youngsters ever get a chance? Um, we've been so toothless in front of goal. Surely if we have at least one youngster... To fry in the mix, it wouldn't be a bad thing, um, and the crowd would get a boost. And the crowd would get a boost from seeing an internal youngster giving it a go. And uh, yeah, Palace Forever's sort of reiterated. I can't believe it when you have seven subs, we can't have one youngster on the bench, especially a striker. And a quick game too has said, has Gel still got his pussy on a bag? I don't know what that means. Are you talking about your cat, Gel? Yes, uh, yeah. he is. Okay. Um, <laughs> just to clarify, he's talking about a cat. Now, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's, you know, some very valid points in there. And it, you, funny enough, you brought up Sean Scanner earlier on, Nick, as your microphone was going. And that was, um, that's, that actually is an example of where we've, in the past, okay, it's a championship level, but we've dipped into the academy in a, in a time of need and something's just cropped up. Because he had that, that spell when he first broke into the team, for, performance and goal against Sheffield Wednesday, uh, springs to mind at Sellers Park, where he lifted the ball sort of into the net. I think Clint Morrison went for a shot and it sort of skewed wide to uh, to scan or he lifted it over a keeper. But it was it was a great little finish and his pace and just the fact that he was an unknown quantity really did lift us. And I just we're crying out for that and we're all looking to to the transfer market and us signing you know big name players for big money to do it. And you know I it's, there's no guarantee that that's going to work or the right player is going to be available. So and, and want to join. So. You know why not? Why not try one of the uh, one of the better performing youngsters? I think, and I'm, I'm starting to lean more towards giving that a go. You know, even even if it's for a game or two, I, I really do. But um, there's a sort of a weird, windy sound. So that may, must mean Lucy's now back on mic. Hi, Lucy. Hello. Right, how are you doing? Yes, trying to uh, sort my microphone issues out. <laughs> right, it's good. It's fine. You know. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just go with it. Um, one more comment in the chat and then we'll, we'll, we'll get on to some other topics. Yeah, Booted Eagle has said it was a stupid... Sorry, it's all Booted Eagle, but he's coming out with some good stuff tonight. Stupid action by Wickham, like Chammer's ridiculous dive last week. Even if his shirt was pulled, which is wrong, but endemic in the game, he expects him to get a free free game ban. But uh, a quick game said, if Wickham scored a wonder goal, would his elbow be glossed over? Yeah, probably would. <laughs> and probably uh, would, yes. seven minutes, seven mins has said... Because Ali's the flavour of the month, the media love him, so they're going to treat him differently from um, CW. And Brinsley yeah, Eagle said, maybe we need a few more points in the bag before we can get youngsters on, which is fair enough. It may be, yeah, yeah. No, it's always a risk, isn't it? But at the same time, I say, if we, 
you look at the, the Man City game, you know, when, when the game was almost lost by half time, you, you know, and you look where we've been crying out for something different. If we haven't gone and signed something different, then, then why not try and find it from somewhere in the in the academy? Sends the right message as well. You know, Pardew's talked a lot about the academy, and I know he puts a lot of time and effort into, you know, to looking into it and making sure players are out getting experience and all that kind of stuff. But it's got to be a bit more to it than that, I, th- I think. Got to show a bit more intent. Uh, Brent Morgan got in touch also saying it's a very stupid thing to do in terms of what Connor Wickham's done. Um, so there you go. So more more from you. Like I say phone lines open at 740-0208-1234098. Give us a call a bit later on. And, are we, um, uh, we going to have radio silence until somebody rings in? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not against it, to be honest. <laughs> but no, of course not. Of course not. Um, hopefully it'll all, uh, it'll all tie in. That's always difficult with the live shows. Obviously, people want to talk about something you, they probably heard you talking about five, ten minutes before. So that's why we try to give it a specific time. Um, we'll see if it works like, that way. We've tried a few things like that before. But anyway, getting back to the game, you know, obviously, I, I was talking about the first half. We went off to talk about that challenge from Delhi Ali. And um, Ali actually got in quite early on. And this was something that happened repeatedly uh, over the course of the game. It was Joel Ward. He got across from right back to help out Damo, basically, in, in the left centre back position. Um, and it's just something that I really did notice yesterday, and I'll praise Ward for it because, you know, it was, it was he was the one getting blocks in quite a lot. But um, it is a worry for me that if the right back is, um, you know, is going, is, is having to cover all the way across the pitch because then it leaves, it leaves the side well open, and you you've got to rely on either Wilf getting back or if it, you know, or it's the, the other side you've got to rely on Suarez getting back and all that kind of stuff. So not Suarez getting back, you know what I mean? Punching getting back. So yeah, that was that was a, a tactical worry for me as, as the game moved on. But we got more into it, you know, and, and at, I think it was 28 minutes. It was we passed eight hours without a goal. Um, and when that little stat came up, I was I was particularly depressed. And it was seconds later. At, I think it was uh, no more than I think it ended up being a minute, one minute and six seconds. Someone said I think that um, into the eight hours uh, that uh, Vertonghen. Um, it's overwhelmed by sympathy for Palace and sticks the ball in there for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was good. It was a good bit of pressure. You know, um, punch and lovely little pass inside to Kabai, but ball gets caught under his feet. Then we win it back. I think it was McCarthy won it back and sort of stabbed it wide to Zaha. He smashes it in and, you know, he had a good game, Zaha, which we'll talk about in a bit. And the Tongans just try to get something on it. Um, and, yeah, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant um, to, to go 1-0 up and... You know, Spurs tried to get back into that game, but Lucy, at one 0 you've got to you got to start feeling pretty happy about that, right? Yeah, of course. But... Undeserved, perhaps, but um, but you know, do you feel luck had turned for us at that point? Um, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Apart yeah. from the fact that um, <laughs> it wasn't a Palace player that scored it, <laughs> mm. um, I think Connor Wickham may have sort of been in a bit of a dodgy position. I think if he'd have been a bit further down he might have been able to um, get the cross from Wilf himself but yeah you kind of see 1-0 and you think oh my god this is it we're actually going to get something and then obviously being Palace you realise that that doesn't happen (laughs) yeah exactly now it's interesting you bring up Connor Wickham uh, and the fact that he wasn't the one to put that in the net and he wasn't in the right position because that is probably I'm a big fan of Wickham but that is probably one criticism that I think you can label at him at the moment in that yeah. he's not getting into the right positions um, for the way we put the ball in uh, um, I want to go to Gel because Gel was saying we can't talk to him because the coffee was too loud uh, sorry the kettle was too loud but Gel is it is it okay now yeah it's just about to just about a boil <clears throat> um, 
I had the. I, I just I was looking at it, looking at the slow mos just before we come on, and and at the at the uh, for Tongan not scored the own goal, um, was it for Tongan? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, you, you actually find that the ball probably because the, the keeper was rooted, that that Wickham was behind him and ready. You could see him that his body shape was to tap that ball into an empty net. Mm. So he, he, you know he was in the in for me he was in the right position. Um, but he was surrounded by you know three or four players. But hey, you got to be in there, and and he's he's on his own. The whole game is on his own. So if he's in there, you know you're trying to aim at one person, being marshaled by pretty decent defenders. So, um, Lucy, you want to come in on this, and then Nick, and I've got a point to make on on Mick Wickham being on his own. Come. I was just going to say, like, I completely disagree, Joe. I think he should have been trying to get in front of Batongan to to get that cross from Zaha into the net. I mean, just looking at it, I mean, I unfortunately didn't see it. I wasn't at the game and um, I only heard a small bit of it on the radio, but um, it was, he just looked like, he would, he would, like I said, he was in the wrong position. I think he should have been a bit more forward. Nick? I think Wickham's, Wickham's got the problem is he's, he's playing that, dare I call it the Murray role. But he's, he's winning lots of ball, holding up lots of stuff. He's playing really well there, but he's not playing a striker role. He's playing a hold-up man role, and we need a striker mm. to play off of him, and we haven't got that at the moment, which, you know, who knows, That's... maybe Martin Kelly could play it well. And I, 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 I bet I've kind of preempted what you were going to say, because he's doing a hell of a lot right. A lot yeah. of what he's doing is fantastic. He's drawing defenders in, he's holding the ball up. But it's in the centre yeah. circle. It's in that third of the pitch between the centre circle and the, well, the fifth of the pitch, if you want to be. So he's really playing the number twenty rolling, really. <laughs> yeah, he is. Now it's funny enough you mentioned that. You have you have touched on what I was going to say, but just going back to it, that, you know, you're talking about the fact he needs someone in and around him, and that's where we were playing Balassi in that in that system we'd we'd kind of put together. Balassi was actually the support striker alongside Wickham, um, and when those two were actually in the same team and fit together, which wasn't enough games, you know, we were very very difficult to stop. You know, Wilf had a lot more space at the time. You know, and it it didn't even matter that the punch was struggling for form. We was we were playing well, you know, and, and and winning games. But you know, we've we've got to be better than that. You know, and it's a, it's a shame in a lot of ways that Gale got injured when he did because Gale up alongside Wickham would have been interesting to see. Um, I think it's probably too late for Gale, and we'll we'll ship him out probably. So, but um, it would have been interesting to see how that goes. Uh, that would have gone. Sorry, but um, but what going back. To- we're going to ship out that little gem we got from from the lower leagues. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. So um, he's, he's a saleable asset, and we need we need to get people out before we get him in. I think so. Um, that's that's just my gut feeling on that. But uh, anyway, going up to um, go back to to Connor Wickham at half time. Obviously, we finished. We had a cup. Just mentioned um, Hennessy did make a really good save to deny Danny Rose uh, unmarked to the back post. Wilford had a great run dumped him on his on his ass a few minutes earlier and then just hadn't followed followed him back the other way and Rose was completely unmarked and uh, really really good save um, uh, from Hennessy to keep it 1-0 at, at half time um, there was a couple of other little moments in that in the first half but going to half time and one of the things that uh, that, that what I saw uh, in the half time break was the average position of our players only Wilf was in basically Wilf was the furthest forward and he was his average position was about ten yards inside the attacking half. Connor Wickham was essentially average position was the centre circle. Um, in the for entire a striker, first half. for a striker, 
So if that doesn't tell you what what our problems are, then then nothing does. It's it's so so, um, you know, it's so obvious to me that if you haven't got, you know, believe me, Wickham needed to come back a lot, particularly at set plays. You know, he was vital to us. Uh, clearing our lines, he was excellent, excellent defensively. Which, um, and again, like you say, the link-up play. But he's he's not being asked to play an out-and-out striker role. So, whereas I think it's fine to criticise and say, you know, he's not getting in the goal-scoring positions because I am saying that. But you're also right to point out, Nick, that that he's being asked to play a very different role. We were very deep, though, weren't we? That's why he was only there. He wasn't. If 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 we're playing a bit further up the pitch, then he's he's going to be able to hold up the ball that little bit further up the picture and we can move up as a unit we were very very deep yesterday I thought yeah we were and that's I mean part of that's the opposition obviously you know but but part of that as well it's you know it's, it's our mentality at the moment and and I think that comes from you know being being a little bit low on confidence anyway so we're opening the phone lines now apparently there's a little jingle or something to play so how about we play that then why not air your own opinion with the team? Call 0208 1234 098 and join us live. Right, we'll see if we get anyone, see how shy you are today. But um, phone lines are now, open, now, are now open. See if you can speak better than I can. 0208 1234 098. Can the caller who's potentially on the line hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear you, mate? Ah, we can hear you. This, this is ah. amazing. <laughs> who's that? Hi, guys. It's Nick Philpott. How are you doing? Hello, uh, Nick. Nick, I'm all good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, all very well. All good, thank you. Uh, only calling just for a couple of quickies. I mean, first of all, you can start calling me Mr. Magoo because I didn't even see that elbow yesterday during the game and I was sitting <laughs> five yards up on, on the home zone, five rows back on the home zone. I didn't even see it. The first time I even knew anything about it was when I saw the Wally Lane cross state on the floor uh, and then I saw it again on match of the day this morning. But, it, yeah, I didn't even see that. But, uh, I mean, I think, I think the reality is it's a four-game ban, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Mm. I'm not surprised. I mean, it it was quick, so maybe you know I'm not surprised you missed it. But you know, he hit him so hard, he damaged his knee, which was quite <laughs> interesting. <laughs> the other thing I was actually phoning about was telling the saying on the message boards, especially on that handle online. Bit of perspective, okay? It's still eleventh in the Premier League. Things are going great. Okay, we've had a bit of a crappy run. I nearly swore there, um, a poor run. But hang on. If you read some of the things going on in the message board, they're half of them are suicidal. What is yeah. the matter of these people? It's uh, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, we're, no, we're we're very much on on board with that, Nick. It's funny going through the um, the shows. Uh, we were looking at um, obviously the last five years of stuff. I think there was a we were looking at a listener poll for who should partner. Uh, what was the striker? Oh, uh, help me out! Help me out! Um, I don't know. Lee? The, I know, but the the options were who should partner whoever was up front at the time. I can't remember. The options were Stefan Everson, Calvin Andrew, Jermaine Easter, and someone else. It, it was just it was phenomenal. <laughs> it was just this, and I'm like, okay, that's that is perspective. Joe, is it James Vaughan? Because obviously we had Vaughan on loan. Uh, and it, I think he scored a hat trick against was it Forest on this? Uh, Portsmouth. Thank you. Well remembered, Nick. Thanks for correcting me. Um, so uh, is that the kind of perspective you're talking about? Absolutely right. And by the way, uh, to all of you on whole radio, happy fifth birthday. Doing a great job. Keep it going, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just, I mean, I don't know whether it's because we are, I was at the stadium yesterday and the, the amount of tourists that are there, they are the lifeblood, the future lifeblood of our club. I get that. Okay. But I mean, as soon as they, they go onto the, on, on the message boards, it's just, it's just carnage. You think everything's a car crash. And I think to myself, 
come on, don't you know where, you, where we've come from? It's just yeah. amazing to me. It is, and I suppose, again, you, you can kind of blame uh, the sort of instant gratification of social media for that to a point. Um, I'm going to be very sort of highbrow now. I've been reading a, a book by John Ronson called So, you, so, um, so You've Been Publicly Shamed, I think it's called. I can't even remember the title of it. That's good, isn't it? But um, it's, all, it's all about the, um, the general reaction to social media, to just general events and how they can ruin people's lives and all that. But it's, it was the pack mentality is quite a, quite a good topic in that. And it's everyone individually thinks that they're doing the right thing. So all these people who get really sort of het up and aggressive kind of think they're all doing the right thing. It's all for the right reasons. They want Palace to win. They, you know, they're frustrated at what they perceive as lack of ambition and all that kind of stuff. And it's just interesting when everyone gets together in one, one group that it just seems to go to such an extreme. And uh, I think it's damaging. It's the old keyboard warrior syndrome, isn't it? And it's, uh, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, uh, I know you guys are obviously heavily heavily connected to home sale online, but it's just, I just wish sometimes, I don't, I don't even know why I log on there sometimes because I find it the most frustrating place. It is, and I'll be honest with you, as, as someone who I don't do too much moderating on there now, but um, because basically I would essentially red card the majority of people. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's, it's purely because I don't, I just, I don't know who's doing it just for the reaction, or, and who's doing it because they genuinely believe it anymore. So, yeah. and I think Twitter's a bit like that as well. There's a lot of people who are just playing games. Um, but in amongst it, you know, there's some. The, the frustrating thing is there are some really good points that um, that people talk about. You know, people talk about people having a negative point of view. Well, in that negativity, some really excellent arguments. And I must say, my favourite at the moment is is have we wasted an opportunity? Because Steve Parrish talks about uh, the past that the club has wasted opportunities to kick on and be an established club and be a big club. What do you think, Nick? Do you think we might have by not you know signing players maybe in the summer or maybe acting a bit quicker in this transfer window? Do you think maybe we've we've missed out on on capitalising on our good start? Well, my, my other little worry sometimes during all the transfer, in fact, the last three or four transfer windows, is how slow we are off the mark. Mm. I mean, we were clearly in for Wickham, um, not Wickham, uh, Austin. We were clearly, it was somebody that we, uh, during the summer that we wanted. Why, oh, why, oh, why? You know, did we not follow it through straight away? Get it, we knew we needed a striker. Go and get him sorted out, whether he's the right player or not. And there are and against on both sides of it. Nick, yeah, I know Nick, Nick let me yeah. interrupt you. David Gold, the West Ham chairman, turned around and tweeted to his own fans when they castigated him for not buying Charlie Austin. And he said he didn't think he was worth 100 grand a week. Now, why would he even mention the word, the, the figure 100 grand a week? I mean, he's only the West Ham chairman, the person that's going to have the players punted to him for the wages. They, obviously, he is getting somewhere near that. And we, we're never going to pay that. We are never going to pay that. Jill, I get that, but my actual point was about how slow out the blocks we are, okay, on and all the transfer windows. No, I don't think uh, Austin is worth £100,000 a week, if I'm honest. But, but my point is actually, if we aren't going to sign a striker, and we all know we need a striker, we'll sign a bloody striker then. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. No, I, I totally understand the perspective. Go on, Nick. The difficulty is, though, in in this transfer window is when the prices go a bit loopy, isn't it? You know, are they are they thinking we are safe? Are we better off holding on to the summer and then we can pay a more sensible price for a decent striker, or are we just sort of peeing money up the wall just by panic buying somebody? Think, Who knows? Maybe you know. The question, back is, soon. <laughs> the question is, are we playing a, a, a poker game um, like we seem to seem to do in the January window, where? 
you know, we kind of just we don't go in for that massive price straight away. We kind of just let it go until the selling club needs to, you know, make a make the decision. You know, that they can't hold on and try and try and force us to pay their little bit extra. Are we trying to play that, or you know, the trouble is that that approach did make us sign Kevin Doyle. So. <laughs> well, well that's the balance though isn't it I mean at the end yeah. of the day you are, you're, you're going to end up potentially because you've got to create the balance you're going to end up with the Kevin Doyle you're going to end up with the dregs and you know, you know what happened to Babacar that Babacar guy looked first class I mean you know, but he has a moved and I think to myself that's the sort of standard of player young really strong okay working alongside somebody like Wickham or Dare I say, Joe, Mr. Gale, uh, and yeah, let's, let, let's let's bring somebody in, but just bring somebody in. Well, there you go, I, Nick. We'll let you go after that, mate. And um, go on, Joe. You can uh, you can answer the point, and then we'll let you go. Actually, go on. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I was just going to say, I think it was a good point. What Nick Nick said. I think we, you know, this this window, teams are being held to ransom. The chairman are being held to ransom for the amounts of money. Um, and and the other thing as well with the with the uh, the new deal coming through, you know the the agents know that there's that the that the Premier League is going to be a wash with money. So I I just think that that we're a bit canny when it comes to to buying players and paying the right wages. I think yeah I'm 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 sort of caught between caught between going out and and having to pay for that. But in saying that, look at Shelby. I mean, there is never in a million years that he's worth. Firstly, that he's worth twelve million, and then what's he getting? He's, he got, you know, he was on sixty odd grand a week at, at, at Swansea. What is he getting at Newcastle? He's got to be getting more, isn't he? Seventy, eighty. Is he worth that? And he's going to be playing championship football next year as well. <laughs> and, 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 and that's and that's a chance. That's a chance that they're taking. But but you know I I just can't I know I know that people said oh he scored at the weekend and so did Austin and that's, you know the first two or three games you always especially with uh, um, especially with Newcastle you're going to play play for the fans but anyway listen thanks Nick really yeah, valuable happy thanks birthday to you all I'll speak to you soon take, take care cheers it's nice to have a Nick on the show that knows what they're talking about, isn't it? <laughs> it most certainly is, yeah. I was getting really I... confused there. He said, what do you think, got Nick? someone else, I think, Chris. I do. We do have a second caller. Nick has been oblivious to it, but there it is. Hi, who's that? It's Keith here. Hello, Keith. You all right, mate? I'm fine, thanks, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, um, listen to the talk there about the um, the transfer window. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty concerned, you know, about um, what's not happening at the moment. And I heard you say... Uh, how Steve Parrish would come out and say, you know, how we want to move forward uh, when, when the new American um, owners came in. And it just seems at the moment that it's going to be left to the last minute and then people are going to say, oh, it's a panic buy, uh, you know, on the, uh, the 11th hour on the, on the last night of the transfer window. Yeah, no, and it is, it is a danger, isn't it? And like we said, we, we ended up with Kevin Doyle in the, in the last window. So, um, Lucy, you, you want to answer that? Yeah, I was just going to say that... I think people um, forget this is what we always do <laughs> and it seems to be a regular thing and the chairman and pards and all the people that are involved with signing a player know what they're doing, apart from with Kevin Doyle maybe. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think, yes, it is it, it's incredibly frustrating that, you know, you see all these clubs like Leicester, Watford, um, and then the big clubs making signings within the first couple of weeks, and then there's little old us that wait till the last couple of days and then you know the eleventh hour. But you know, it's it's just what Palace do. 
we've just got to keep the faith. I know it's a cliche, and I'm full of cliches normally, but. <laughs> Now I know it's the point you're making, and I'll let I'll let Keith answer that in a second. But essentially, I I know what you're getting at. I've always I always try and remind myself of that that the approach we've taken has got us to you know to this position. We've progressed continuously under 2010, and we've we've making the right calls more often than not, and we're not wasting money too much. And you know, generally speaking, we're um you know the, the end result is what we want. But um, Keith, you know, you've been following the the club a long long time. You know it doesn't get any easier does it when you're when you're waiting for that signing that we, we all think we desperately need yeah that's right i mean the, you know the players that have been bought by other clubs at the moment i mean i'd have been interested in uh Nate smith um shelby uh i mean people say it's a striker we need but i think you know whoever we get at the moment unless we can get people to actually supply the crosses and create chances i mean i, you know, I thought wickham had an excellent game yesterday but mm. he, he's isolated up there on his own and um I listened to the program last week, and uh, I don't know whether the guy's on there who's the, um, you know, uh, very fond of uh, Dwight Gale playing up front with Wickham. And I, you know, I quite agree with that. I, you know, I'm hopefully, you know, next week that if Gale is fit, that he has a chance to play up front. Because as the guy said last week, he's a natural goal scorer. And uh, I'll be, you know, most disappointed if we actually um, let him go. Um, yeah, that, well, that's Jill. That was you. So I'll, I'll let you come in on that one. Yeah, no, I'll be I'll be massively disappointed, Keith, if uh, if Gal goes. I mean, I, he has the the thing with the thing for me, and I know we've talked about it a million times, but he he is a proven goal scorer. You know, he, yeah. he, he has he has picked the ball up at the halfway line and run 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 the half half a pitch and stuck it in the top corner for a winner. He has he has scored with his head at the near post. He has scored left foot screamers, right foot screamers. It, for me. He just needs a service. Listen, we all turned around and said about four years ago that uh, that Glenn Murray was. People were talking about trying to get him, or him out of, out of the club because he wasn't scoring this and the other. And he, the most obvious thing ever was he said, "If you feed him, he will score." Is it thirty-one goals he got? Whatever it was, a ridiculous amount of goals when you started feeding him. It, the thing with Wickham, if I'm not too worried about him not scoring bundles of goals. But if he, because if he's getting little taps and hold ups and, and setting up a forward who does score goals, then then that's going to be the purpose of him. You know, he, he's a big lad. I think he, you know he is a lump. He can hit the ball. I can see him. I can see he has a future for us. But he isn't. He isn't. Um, you know, he isn't a a, a hundred percent goal scoring striker, which is what we need. Oh yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, but I, I say you know, go, going back to yesterday, he, he, you know, when the ball came over, he was so isolated, and the balls he won in the air, there wasn't a soul, you know, wasn't a soul near him. But, uh, but obviously, there's a possibility now that he could have a, a free match ban, um, which <laughs> may mean we actually might actually go in and buy somebody before the, um, you know, before the deadline. The other thing I'd just like to mention while I'm on. Um, the number of players that aren't getting games, um, you know, who are coming off the bench. Now, we've got these under-21 games. Now, I plan to go to the game. I think they're playing Millwall at, um, at Tooting tomorrow. We're allowed to play at least two or three um, overage players. Now, why aren't these guys being given a game in, you know, in the under-21? Shamak never looked fit when he came on the sub. And yeah. there's people like Lee, who I think at the moment should be playing. Basically, unless they come on a sub, they're not getting any football at all apart from what they do in training. It'd be interesting to know your views on that. It's an interesting one, Keith. Go on, Nick. Go on. We talked about how we missed the combination reserve league last week, didn't we? 
and mm. our, I don't know whether they're playing goals be, uh, games behind doors that they get some fit. But really, is it as competitive and fitness building as a, a, a Premier League game? That's the question, that, isn't it? That's exactly it, Nick. It, I mean, I, I kind of I take it where 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 Keith's coming from. It is is just the ninety minutes on the pitch is is going to be of a benefit. But I, I I kind of what we were talking about last week is the problem. It's that. The standard of that game of, of the under twenty one league is just for us anyway. With with the with the um, with the teams that we're allowed to play, it's just not good enough, and that's why we do have these behind closed doors friendlies against you know local London teams. We, I think we play QPR and Millwall a fair bit behind closed doors to try and get people games, but again, pr- perhaps not enough. It's a mess, really. The fact reserve football has has turned into what it has is is not done us any favours in trying to get people match fit. It's a very good point, Keith. Um, if I was to push just for just before we let you go, mate, if I was to push you in one direction, if you could pluck a name out of the air and say one player you want us to sign, who would it be? Um, uh, Long from Southampton. Shane Long. Shane Long from Southampton. Yeah. That's not a bad shout at all. I hate him, but I'd love him if he played. Well, for I mean, sure. people hate him because he scores goals, you know, and right, his attitude might not be great, but um, yeah. you know, I, he, I think he'd be ideal playing alongside, you know, somebody. Because the other interesting, just just quickly, um, Pardew said um, this week that um, you know they're interested in Bentner, and then in another interview he said he's looking for a player in the Dwight Gale mould. Now mm. Bentner's a target man, so why would he be looking at, looking at Bentner if he wants somebody in the Dwight Gale mould? <laughs> I I think and hope that Bentner was him being a bit cheeky because uh, he, he he wasn't no one had really mentioned Bentner in any real depth did they? Uh, he was obviously linked with us a few years back, but um, came quite close to joining. But I think he was just having a bit of fun. I hope he was just having a bit of fun with the press. <laughs> so I thought well, he yeah. retired. If, if not, yeah. Go on, say that again. I said I thought he'd retired, Bentner. All no, right. <laughs> no, no, he's still on the way to becoming one of the greatest strikers in the world. Surely, Lord Bentner. <laughs> yeah, that's it, Lord exactly. Bentner. Keith, been a pleasure, mate, and uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll speak to you again soon. Yeah, thanks very much. See you, mate. See you then. Cheers. We're, 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 like a, we're like a proper radio show with phone <laughs> and everything, aren't yeah, we? I can't know. get used to this. Um, Love it. Lots Love of it. stuff in the chat, Chris. Um, Go on. Radio.net forward slash chat. Um, where were we? Um, <laughs> Brilliant. When we, when we said uh, if you could sign anybody, Waggers has said Messi. Well done. Um, <laughs> Thing is, according to John, the program seller, some of the best deals do come last minute. Berbatov to Spurs comes to mind a few years back. Yeah, um, very good point. Very good point. I'll, I'll just would we get Shane Long? Our Seagull in flight. We've got right. um, Shifty ninety seven. To be honest, if we get a good player, who cares what part of the window we get him in? Yeah, now, that, that, uh, these are all good points. But going back to that point, some of the times, sometimes the best deals are done at the last minute. That is because you know someone will make a move. That wasn't expected. That will then free someone up. And quite often, I get you know, the, this is this was always talked about. The people we want, obviously, teams don't really want to sell because we're looking for players that improve us. <laughs> so the only the only way you really want to get one of them is if they get a, get a replacement. Uh, Joe, you're raising a, a question in the chat there. Yeah, has um, has Pele left the uh, um, Southampton yet? <laughs> now, has strong... he said that, Joe? Said it again. Pele. 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 Yeah, is um, he still is he still at Southampton? He's still there. Strongly rumored to go to Juve either in in this window or the summer. Isn't oh, he injured as well? Um, probably. He usually is. Oh, is he made of glass? I forget that. Then. <laughs> Enough of them, haven't we? We, we got loads. Of those. <laughs> no, he, again, he's he's exactly the sort of striker that I, I'd like to see us get. But um, yeah, there you go. 
think when our squad turn up for the get get off the coach after before the game, they sound like a load of milk bottles banging together. <laughs> Fucking just a, how many how many injuries are, have we actually got? Uh, I, I don't know. There's a I think there's probably a website you can uh, you can look them up on, but um, it's it's a lot. But it's the fact that they just keep coming in in sort of you know the key areas really. Um, I've got a question for you. Cool. Just a one one answer. Would you have had Charlie Austin? No. Nick. No. Lucy. No. Me neither. There you go. Wow. So I'll tell you for why, and it's been mentioned in the chat room. I'll tell you for why. That's jealousy. That's jealousism. I'll tell you for why. I'll tell you for why. Tell us, Nick. Sorry. Tell us. Um, all that money, hundred thousand a week over what two seasons? That's you. You took talk about three or four, at least four or five mil, something like that. I don't don't ask me about maths. I'm I'm a teacher. Um. But he's got a he's got a dodgy knee. It could give out at any moment. You could you could be spunking your money straight away. You could do it next week for Southampton. And how much does that money that they're paying look then? Mm. That said, we've got Sacco. How much what? is he getting for his dodgy knee? And why yeah. are our players getting injured so much? Is it <laughs> training? Right. Is right. it the way they're training? You've gone insane, Nick. But, um, Sorry, no, the... is, it, is it the training methods? Why are we getting so many injuries? Or is it is everybody it's... getting that many injuries? I think there's probably a similar number of injuries at a lot of clubs. It's just, you know, it's just the way football is like that. You always get injuries and, you know, certain players are more prone to it than not. There's a few few little things um, to answer in, in with everything you said there in your sudden glut of questions. But going back to, to Charlie Austin, um, I, just, I feel I want to expand that because Mikey will be tearing his hair out listening to this and, and Albert will be going, being absolutely furious whenever he hears this as well because they're very, very um, strongly in favour of us you know, spending four million quid on Austin, which is what he went to Southampton for, you know, plus a hundred grand a week. But for me, it's not even about, it's not about how he does at Southampton. It's not about, you know, it's not about speculating. It's about, I don't, you know, I, I don't think that we can learn too much from the fact he scored in his first game for Southampton, for example. I think that he would have been the wrong player for us. And I base that on how I've seen him play for QPR as the lone striker at Sellers Park. That's my first frame of reference because, you know, I saw him play for 90 minutes and be an absolute just cart horse. And he was just awful, awful. One of the, you know, for all the hype that came with him at that time, he was just terrible. There was no no running of the channels. And I think how we play at the moment, particularly when we're struggling a little bit, you know, a lot of lot of uh, long stuff into the channels for people to chase onto. He's just not the player that we want for that. Um, I do think, he, in all fairness, I do think I will concede that he would have scored a few goals for us, but... You know, I, I don't know. Not for me. I'm sure a lot of people will disagree, and there's probably some stuff in the chat room on that. But who wants to speak next? You, Chris. Lucy? Chris. Oh, go on, sorry. Nick. Can I just ask? Is a cartel's worse than a donkey, or better than a donkey? Because ah. we've had some donkeys. Um, I, another thing about injuries. I heard somewhere, or did I dream it, that a lot of players are getting injured because of these silly, moulded, study things that they've got, rather than the good old-fashioned screwing studs. And, and that's one of the reasons behind lots of player injuries. I don't did know how you hear that? that. Did you hear that in like 2003 when it was first mentioned? It might have been, but I still I, I don't. I went I went to a, a well-known uh, sports shop this afternoon to buy football boots for my daughter and my um my son, and oh, I don't know where they get the people from him there to serve you. Three hours to buy two pairs of football boots. <laughs> I'm not going to say anymore. No, you just. <laughs> what's gone wrong with you? You just. It's like it's like when I used before she uh, sadly passed away. It's like when I used to go around and see my nan. Um, and I'd start a conversation with her and then she'd have about five different conversations with me back 
and ever actually pause for any kind of input on any of them. It's good though, Nick. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Joe. Um, yeah, my take on the uh, on the injuries. The players they're not wearing off the shelf boots anymore. They're wearing uh, boots that are actually made to fit their feet perfectly. Fit their feet. Um, mold. Put every molds poured or whatever. And the material is so thin. Um, you know, I, I just you know. It's, it's, all grip and, and lightweight these days. I think they're turning, studs are getting caught, or the blades are getting caught in the grass, or you know, they, I mean, a lot of pitches now they've the the uh, they're a mixture of, of uh, real and fake grass, so you're going to get a little bit more. Um, well, at least I think they are. Um, you're going to get a little bit more grip. I think that you know, if if you can't turn, if you can try and turn too fast, you can twist your knee, and I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I really, I, I really, I'm just, I'm, I am clutching at straws. It's just, it's just a shame for us at the moment that um, you know we've got Sacco's and uh, um, an attacking player, Gals an attacking player, and Balas is an attacking player. You know, it's just, it's leaving us very short in, in the, uh, you know, players, are, players are, 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 are doubling up on Wilf when if we had both of them, both of both wings occupied with a pace, um, maybe that maybe they wouldn't get so much attention, you know, exactly. and, and things would be. A, a slight bit easier like they were earlier in the season shame no it is a shame it has totally derailed our season which yeah like you say it's not not through anything that we've done it's just through a bit of bad luck really but um um lucy you did have something to say in that as well yes i i'm actually surprised um i know mikey's put in our little chat thing to say that according to the premier league site that the injury list is uh, is actually only sacco gale and balassi I'm actually surprised it's not more, considering how often some of our first team play and how long they've been playing. We've had very minimal injuries to our key players, um, which is obviously a good thing. Um, so I'm not sure what it is. I don't know whether it's the type of players that they are. or. But yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. surprised there's not more. For people like J- J- Jimmy Mack, who plays week yeah. in, week out, you know, you know, he could have done himself an injury if you pure uh, pure exhaustion. Um, We've I, yeah. I do I do think we've probably got a couple of those players that you, you're thinking of, Lou. So I think we got probably a couple of them playing with Knox. And I know Damo's one who's, who's played with you know and Scott Dan. To be fair, both of them have been playing with um, with Knox throughout the course of this season. Really, just you know because there aren't really mm-hmm. other options there. Or, you know, but there you go. Uh, Nick, you then we've got Joe wants to make a point on Klopp for some reason. Um, yeah, Rosario in the chat room, wholeradio.net forward slash chat has said our injuries are something to do with having the ex Liverpool doctor as our doctor. I didn't know we did, but there you go. We do, yeah, yeah, Dr. Zaff. Yeah. All right, well, as long as you weren't unk. Anyway, a, a, tenuous, <laughs> tenuous link the, um, a tenuous link on the on the Liverpool thing. I just, you know, when people said that when, when we came into the Premier League with our fans, we were a breath of fresh air with the singing and, mm. you know, going back to almost the old school stadium. And it, it was, but did, did you see the um, Liverpool's fifth goal yesterday? I haven't, I haven't actually seen a goal. All I've seen is, a, is, the, is the celebration. Can, um, does he no. just, have you not seen it? No. Oh, shut up, you liar. <laughs> Did I he just, break his glasses. Yeah, but but I just I just loved the enthusiasm that the that these people are bringing into the you know it was like us everyone was praising us for doing this that, and the other. I just wanted to just go off topic a little bit again. Like I, praise I said, Jurgen Klopp. No, yeah, but him, not his team. Just yeah. him. I just I just like him, and 
especially with that clip as well when we done them and then he, yeah, he yeah, yeah. it makes it even better. Yeah. But um, no, he's a character. I'll give him that. And you, you need those in football. Yeah. The way he leapt around, he, he will get the nickname Clipperty, won't he? Oh, brilliant! For that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very very quickly, let's uh, let's do away with this. <laughs> um, so when we last were talking about the game, <laughs> we we were one new up. Uh, <laughs> I kind of wish we could leave it there, really. But um, very very quickly, uh, obviously the equalising goal. Who are we blaming? Because uh, Damo's rooted to the spot. Dan doesn't get across. Hennessy sort of starts to move and then just watches the ball land on the sort of forehead of uh, Harry Kane and, and it's 1-1 one, one, um, and we're in trouble. So let's see who we're blaming. Mikey blames Damo. Lucy, who do you blame? As much as it pains me to say it, I would have to say Damo because <laughs> he, we just look at he didn't jump, he didn't move um, and you could just see the look on his face. He just looked so sad when he realised the goal like, had gone in. So, sadly, my boy, it was his fault. I was laughing because Mikey put in the chat, if anyone says anything other than Damo, he'll fight them. So, <laughs> um, uh, Nick, what do you think? Exactly what Lucy said. You could, you could tell he was actually fist-punching the ground, wasn't he, afterwards? He was some cartoon <laughs> character, as opposed to knee-punching, I suppose. I don't oh, know. Okay, yeah, yeah. all right. <laughs> um, Joe, no one's, everyone's saying Damo at the moment. You, same opinion? Yeah, you, but you can see you it, again from that camera that uh, the other side of the goal. If you look, he it, it's the hesitancy that costs him his leap. He doesn't jump because I, I think he's expecting it could, because it's in the six-yard area. I think he's expecting Hennessy to come out and yeah, and, you know, uh, uh, for me they're both at fault. They're both at fault. And it, it, I've always said anything in a six-yard area should be a keepers. You know, he gets to, he gets to use his hands, which he, and he's a lump. He should be, you know, he's the height and everything. He should just be diving at your feet. Is it, yeah, I, for I, me, you know, wherever it's his, I, I believe it's both their fault. You know, the other the other thing as well, we've had we've had, you know, it's always been. Remember that photo that we had from a few years ago where there was five players all sliding in in a line and the goalkeeper diving as well to block that ball. Mm. You know, it's. Um, you would have thought that Hennessy would have come out, but as he come out to get it, Damo would have tried to, you know, would have smashed the ball out of play. And it's, um, yeah, I mean, uh, and, and the other side of it, it was a good flick going away from the goalkeeper, and and he, and Kane gets up, and, and that's why he is the predator that he is. He's brilliant in the air. So uh, I've, I found it incredibly frustrating watching it back a few times. It's bad enough at the time, to be honest, but um, but I, I yeah, I completely agree that uh, that Damo should be doing better and. and I, I look. I felt sorry for him because I can see exactly what he's done almost. Because he's sort of backing away, and as he looks up, he's just he's done that. His sort of feet are almost rooted, and he and he can't jump because he's at completely the wrong angle. And you can see that the moment where he's just he's just set himself wrong, and he knows he's not going to be able to jump. And I think how that's can where you be the, ang- the wrong? How can you be the wrong angle to jump? You go up. No, if, if you're, yeah, I know what you mean. Okay, pedant. He's he's leaning backwards basically. Well, stand up, Nick. Lean backwards, sort of like sort of fifteen, twenty degrees, and then jump up in the air. Come on, I'm waiting. And also be six foot three. Yeah. All right, and a hunk. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't but anyway, but but I've, I've got to say, as much as I think Damo should probably do better, um, I I have to say Hennessy's got got to come and get that. It's not a quick cross; it's a looped cross. 
It's just waiting for him to come out. And as you say, Joe, he can use his hands. He's a goalkeeper. He can use his hands. If he stands up, he can just pluck that out of the air. So, And I think maybe some of the earlier chances have affected him because you know he stood back a couple of times and made some good reaction saves. And it's almost like he thought, well, you know, if he heads this, I'll, I'll make a save. But he's, you know, he's not getting there. Um, he should really should have just come and, and claimed that. It's um, that's it, Chris. He, yeah. he made a he made some blinding stops. Yeah, he did. Because, he so was I'm not going to put him at fault. That that, no, that no. one that blasted at him that he held on to. How the bloody hell did he hold on to that ball? How did yeah, he hold yeah, from that? Rose, yeah, yeah. Old school goalkeeping, mate. None of that patting it away. Old school. Catch it. But when you look at um, when you look at the saves Hugo Lloris has made in that game, um, you know I think Pardew himself said it. That's that was the difference really in the game. It was the fact that at the key moments Hugo Lloris has made the right decisions and, and been in the right position. You know, in our key moment, Hennessy's got caught between wanting to come and claim the ball and not. And you know, two two great strikes from range, but again they are from range. So as a goalkeeper, you'd probably be disappointed not to get to probably the num- number three more than number two, but you'd probably be disappointed not to get there. And you know, maybe that is the difference. I'm not That's deliberately digging. Yeah, you're saying it's harsh, and I, and I know there'll be people listening to me thinking I'm harsh, but there'll be people agreeing as well, or people thinking I'm not harsh enough, Patrick. Um, so, yeah, there you go. That's, that's just, that's, that's my the, the, the other difference is, is Loris with his double L should be a Welsh name. Should it be Cloris if it's Hugo Cloris. Um, he, he's the best goalie in the Premiership, sure. Premier League, surely. Yeah, he's superb. Absolutely superb. But, um, there's an interesting thing from Mikey about in- injuries in the chat. Yeah, if you see it. Um, Injuries. This is apparently this is from the club who's uh, sent a tweet out to uh, or sent a direct message to somebody who asked them about um, injuries. It's a combination of factors, including past injury history, but the biggest factor is load going into a game and recovery time. Simply, if tissue doesn't get enough recovery, then it increases the risk of injury. Hamstrings are most likely injured when fatigued due to their role in sprinting. The number of games played so close together has not helped. That was from Doctor Zaff. Well, thank you very much, Doctor. And it, but it, again, it shows us about the strength in depth, doesn't it? You know, when you've got your, your Tottenham's, and I'm pluralising because it's our fifth birthday. Your Tottenham's yeah. and your Chelsea's and your Liverpool's, when that when they've got a player out, they've got somebody just as good, if not better, to come on. And we we we're just lacking a little bit in that department. You know, we're talking about getting a striker in the transfer window. Actually, we need to get four or five new players to. To have people fighting for every position because we, we have got players that are shooting. Players that are shooting that shouldn't be anyway. But there you go. We've we've talked about punching already. Yeah, we have, yeah. Um so anyway, I mean after the after we've conceded the goal um from that Chadley Cross, uh it we sort of invite we we sort of thought we, now we've invited pressure, we've given them much of the ball. You know, Zahar was isolated at that point in the second half, hadn't really sort of seen him on the ball at all despite his good first half. Um, and you just thought something's got to change here, otherwise we're going to get completely sort of blown away. And to be fair to Pat, to Pat as it did, it did change. You know, as I mentioned, Larissa has, has saved from Zaha. Really, was the was the great save, absolute top save. Not just to get to it, but to push it out the way he did. Um, save from Suarez as well. Shortly after, real proper chances for, for, for Palace there. Um, and it, the game was end to end. It was really tense, and you, you know, you just knew there was going to be a winner. It wasn't going to eke out to a one-one draw. You just thought, who's it going to be? And um, Jimmy Jimmy Mack went off uh, for Jedi, and you know that kind of proved key in the end. But not almost almost straight away. It was key in the fact that uh, Dan hits the bar with a header, and then Jed Knapp follows up and also hits the bar. 
and I've just written in my notes "arg" in like really just yeah, just like a long scream. Uh, I didn't put the emphasis on it there because I'm quite tired. But um, I mean, at that moment, you're kind of thinking, "Oh, we're going to get punished for this," and almost instantly we do. I can't honestly read you what I've written about Deli Ali in my notes. Um, I'll read the words that I can. Ali can go himself the little. Um, <laughs> Is that something that I could fill in easy? Yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah. Your general, <laughs> general sounds language. Sounds like something you would say, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, oh, it, it was. It just had to be him. It had to be the person who, you know, stuck the sly knee on knee in on Kabai. Who just, you know, who was getting all the hype. It just had to be him. And you have, you can't do anything but admire it when you see it because it's a fantastic goal. But it doesn't stop me hating him with every fibre of my being right now. So, um. We won't talk about it too much, but you know, top goal, and you, you, I'm not blaming anyone for that. It, it's just, it's just what, it's just what happened. You could argue, well, oh, can't someone close him down, but properly, and you know, why don't we just foul him there? But you can't really predict that someone's going to suddenly do that, pull the ball out of the air like that, and smash it in. It's just, just is what it is. And he's a youngster, and youngsters do that. That's mm. what they do. Look at Gaza when he was young. The goal he scored against Scotland. Would he have done that a few years later? No, they've, they've, they've got that kind of imagination and creativity that, that that's kind of not beaten out of them as they get older and get used to playing in the Premiership. But just wondering if I should correct you about Gaza's age when he did that against Scotland and I just Go on then, correct me. He was in the latter part of his career, wasn't he? He wasn't a youngster when he did that. I suppose you could call him a youngster when he smashed the uh the free kick in, in the semi final against you know Tottenham versus Arsenal maybe. But um he was in the um alcoholic uh dyed blonde hair stage of his career at that for the Scotland game, wasn't he? Was he? Oh, yeah. right. so long ago, Chris, that, you know, it's, it's all a blur to me. Yeah, but it is. Um, but anyway, so straight after that, we, you know, we're 2-1 down through a wonder goal and um, Wilf, Wilf gets, you know, gets a chance and Lloris saves it again and, oh, you know, then Ali actually hit the bar, to be fair. Uh, and then you're just thinking, we're just going we're gonna to lose this to a wonder goal and they score another one. And I'll be honest, my thought, and I don't know if it's the same for you, my thought when they scored the, thir- the third wasn't, Oh god, we you know we're going to lose this game three-one. It goes. It was just that that was going to add fuel to the fire that is Twitter. And I just couldn't. I just couldn't bear the thought of it. Um, similar thought, Lucy. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I tweeted my thoughts about that. Uh, something about I don't know what's more depressing: Palace is right at the minute, or the melts on Twitter. <laughs> um, but yes, it was. It was very frustrating because there were the chances, um, but. They didn't amount to anything, sadly. No, I mean, look, you know, it, it, we, we've lost that game. We've lost it comfortably in the end. It's it's three one, but for me, it was never a three one defeat performance. You know, the, any criticism I would suggest could possibly be that that we weren't ambitious enough, that we played a little within ourselves and showed them a little bit too much respect, gave them a bit too much of the ball, blah 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 blah. But you know, I don't think we. I think in terms of performance, it was much, much better. And we should be taking positives out of that, right? Uh, what about you, Nick? Do you think the same? You were very angry after the game? I was, but I'm just saying I don't like losing. And it doesn't mm. matter if we're in the... You know, it's. I think back to when we got beaten by uh, Scunthorpe 4-1 at Selhurst. And that, that's kind of my nadir of, of, of being absolutely fed up with, with watching Palace. But yeah, it was... Un- <laughs> we, we did play better. And you do like to to get it off your chest, as it were. I've just stopped doing it on social media. I just do it to you lot, don't I, with, yeah, with the ranting exactly. and make <laughs> you run away. Uh, just one last thing. Towards the end of the game, Wilford seemed to have, have 
have had a little knock, but nobody seemed to notice because they kept passing to him and he couldn't do anything with it because he was really, really struggling towards the end, I thought. Yeah, that's a fair point. I don't know, I don't know how serious it was, but I think he'd basically just run himself into the ground more than anything. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, he's, um, he's a... Sorry, I've just I've got to credit someone. Uh, Phil Thompson was the person who sent us that um, that DM from Dr. Zaff earlier on with that information. Thanks for that, Phil. I, I missed that point. I said it was from Dr. Zaff. I didn't say it was from yourself. So, cheers for that. No, look, it's, yeah, I know what you're saying, Nick, and, and you do you do have to vent, but um, but we're we're sort of getting to this stage now. Where we talk about every week about the fact that there's an overreaction on Twitter, and I genuinely believe it is an overreaction. Um, and I, I just hope people can rein it in and. and you know, we're still largely positive, you know, before games and all that kind of stuff. But I'll be honest, I'm I'm starting to um, you know, I'm starting to feel less enthusiastic on match days now. Um, you know, I haven't been well. The weather's not great, and I, you know, it's hard sometimes to motivate yourself to to, to sort of engage with it. You know, it's it's a difficult thing. It's we're getting um, spoiled, aren't we? Because we I've, are I've getting felt exactly the, right. I've felt exactly the same way yesterday. I've never been so un, unenthusiastic about going to a match, and it's you know, it's Tottenham. They're, they're one of the big teams, you know. Four or five years ago, playing Tottenham, we'd, we'd all be straight there, wouldn't we? Yeah. Yes, I had to work all day with a yid yesterday. Oh. All day. Now, just to clarify, you mean a Tottenham fan? That was not a um, uh, a racist remark, just to clarify. Even though they were chanting that word all through the game. Yeah, they were. Yeah, that's 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 the context. But no, I know some people can get very um, very upset about that word, so I just thought I'd better draw attention to it. And then, um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, look, I won't delay you too much more. Um, uh, just, Chris, Chris any, sorry, go just on, think, go on. fifth birthday, five years ago, you'd have you'd have sold your body to be where we are now, wouldn't you? Yeah, I don't know what I'd have got for it, but um, yeah, I would have done. Would, yeah, that's that's reasonable. Um, any advances on that? Let me know on Twitter. I'm at Hambo1980. Hi. Sorry, say that again. You got Johan Kabai. Not 37p, you've got Johan Kabai. I'm confused. Yeah. You I can think, explain I that. Think Lucy's explain more confused than Explain that one to me later on. I really just don't know what happened there. If anyone else got that at home, <laughs> <laughs> at HOL Radio, let me know. Um, no, seriously, right? Uh, it's, it's a difficult one, isn't it, to, to, to be positive after four defeats in the league on the bounce. But we, we go into a, a cup game against Stoke next week we should be positive about that you know it, it's a chance we, we've beaten Stoke recently um, you know it's at Sellers Park it's it's a good chance to get into the next round of the cup and to, to go on this this run that we want and you know now the way I feel at the moment I, I, I don't mind slipping down the league a bit as long as we don't get into relegation trouble if we can uh, carry on that cup run and um, maybe see a bit of glory there so I'll, I'll take that now and um, yeah so I'm going to feel positive I think we're going to win next week um, it'll all look sort of rosy in the garden very soon, and we're going to probably buy about like, six strikers in the next week. So that, that's what <laughs> well, I'm thinking. Looking on um, the bright side, Chris, yeah. uh, we, uh, if they do, uh, if we do wait till the final day of transfer window, then we, we get all the news on the show live, don't we? You know, it makes our transfer show a lot better. Imagine our transfer show, four hours of dead air because we've made all our transfer. Uh, dealings <laughs> done by then. You know, we we how rubbish will that show be? We had that Just one. make we sure that one our show's going to be better. We had no no transfers to talk about. I don't know, a couple of years back anyway, I'm sure it was. But, um, yeah. Uh, just last last word on that. We did a poll on Twitter uh, to see who was the man of the match. Wolf Zaha won with 72%. Anyone else disagree with that? I thought it was excellent. 
um, and, I, and I'll go with that. Um, anyone got an alternative before we uh, end? Agree. Have, have we got um, four word reviews to play out as well, Chris? Yeah. Oh, right, that comes good. after Man of the Match. Does it? Yeah. Oh, right. It's only been five years we've been doing this, I forgot. Yeah. Um, okay, well, we're going to finish with uh, four word reviews and we'll come and say goodbye when we come back. Um, just a little bit of a health warning for forward, forward reviews we got a little giggly as we often do and Mikey has put in some fake names there which some were spotted some were not so enjoy that Homesdale Radio Football Blogging Award Finalist 2015 Word Reviews Dan Scott Don't Care Who Anybody Elliot Richardson, unlucky not to equalise. Sam Harris, can't score for SH asterisk T. <laughs> Mike Oxmall, time to punch drop. Oh no, sorry, to, to <laughs> drop punch. <laughs> Paul Holland, didn't deserve to lose. Anthony Nuttall, should have bought Charlie Austin. Ouch. Pat. Pat me crotch. <laughs> you tried to get me with that one, didn't you? So very nearly won. No, we didn't. <laughs> Tony Goddard, same different day. David Osborne, signed Vertonghen as a striker. Oh no, as striker, because it's called. <laughs> um, can we get anyone else in to present the show? That was a 65 word review there. <laughs> David Lawrence, goal scorer, goal scorer, goal scorer, goal scorer. That's eight words. Tom <laughs> English, I hate crossbars. I hate crossbars. Crossbars is one word. Crossbars. Crossbars. Team Green, lost to two spammers. Lisa, Delhi Alley Poison Palace. Mike Hawk, win on the horizon. <laughs> Mike Hawk. Michael, is that, if that's a real name, sorry, Mike. Phil Dunn. The game more. Shattered dreams. Shattered dreams. <laughs> that's six words. <laughs> An echo. <laughs> Nine more points. Sharpish. And CPFC Barbarian. Oh, he's got a penny. I've got to sing this. What's slip sliding away? Oh, I'm going to... Slip sliding away. Yeah, got it now. Slip sliding away. Thanks, Nick. I'm eating combinations and noise. Slip sliding away. Now I just don't know what to do. But... It was only four words. You could have just joined in. Yeah. <laughs> Best ever. Here's for the next five years. <laughs> review the game next week by tweeting hashtag forward review to at whole radio. Listen to Homestale Radio on the go using our Apple iOS app. Download at holradio.net forward slash iOS. Wasn't that interesting, that show? That was good, wasn't it, Nick? I like the bit where you said about that thing. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I liked it when Lucy was also doing that as well. Yeah, that was good. I mean, I don't know about you, Luce, but I mean, I'd say that's probably your finest performance, wouldn't you say? I'd, I'd say it was, well, a personal highlight in my, not just my whole radio life, but my entire life. Yeah, yeah, I know, that's, that's fair. I mean, it has been a, a, a dull and thankless life, hasn't it? But, um, 
Thanks. So, no I think I've been uh, recording too long. Um, so, so um, this uh, we've we've unfortunately we've lost Gel for the outro of this because essentially the intro that you heard before the start of the show. Anyway, that intro made him so angry that he just, he just went. I'm not even making that up. He was just he had his head in his hands and just hated it. He's just gone. Um, so we can talk about him. Um, he was uh, fairly restrained today, wasn't he? Wasn't too bad. Yeah, I think he, he the F word once. He, he doesn't do too bad considering he hasn't watched a match for three weeks. He, he manages to bluff it quite a bit, doesn't he? That's probably not <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. What yeah. was the highlight for you, Chris? Um, it was the fact that, as Mikey's just put in the chat, the highlight for me was Gel not realising in forward reviews that <laughs> the name was Mike Oxmall, which is like saying Mike <laughs> Oxmall. But he didn't, he didn't notice. That was is it, Chris? Highlight. Well, it's, uh, it's all relative, isn't it? <laughs> Can I do a Jeremy Beadle joke along those lines? You've got to hand it to him. Well, that, that, is, that is where it is. It's like, say, um, you know, obviously Jeremy Beadle sadly passed away, but, you know, apparently he had, um, he, he had a, a very small cock, but on the other hand, it was massive. <laughs> he was called Boom. Big Ben, wasn't he? Hmm? It was called yes. Big Ben. Because one hand was bigger than the other. All right, yeah. Well done. Can I can I tell you about a, a, a person I used to know called Dave Lilly? He used to come out with Lillyisms. Why not? And, um, he he came out with classic. I, I spoke to a friend, Martin Newman. He won't be listening now because he listens to the live show. But I knew him years and years ago. But when I was a cheesemaker, and uh, I'm trying well, to get some rec- records back. On. But we used to know a bloke called Dave Lilly, and he used to come out with Lillyisms. And uh, a couple of his classics were, um, "You three look like twins." And um, this match is USA versus America, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, we England were playing in a World Cup against Egypt. This is how far far away it was. How long ago it was. And he kept going, don't estimate Egypt. Don't estimate Egypt. It's a world. It's got a big river. It's quite big. But yeah, wow. Lillyisms. Well, there you go. Uh, I'm not sure whether we needed that for the outro, but it's there. And that's the, just, that's the thing. If, you've, if you're still listening, it. thanks. Don't what don't you get? What don't you get? Don't get Nick's story. <laughs> what story? Which one? It's just a story. It's just about a guy saying things that were stupid, really. Because he meant don't underestimate them, but he just said don't estimate them. And how do you... Es- it's a good point. How do you estimate someone in the first... Anyway, but, yeah. right, <laughs> he made some errors loose. That's all it was. It's, it's not... Stop crying. It's not... He, was, he always made the errors. That was the thing. You could rely on... If, if Dominic Brewster wasn't having crashes on his motorbike... <laughs> Or, All right. or cooking, cooking turkeys from Frozen and getting really, really ill. Then you we're, rely on Dave Lilly for a laugh. Nick, we're delving far too far into the unreleased biography that you, um, you've got your autobiography, to be precise. No one else is going to write it, let's face it. Um, Nobody else would want to. No. But, I mean, it's a fascinating life. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's a great comfort every morning. Um, LAUGHTER <laughs> such an asshole. this outro I'm so sorry um, thank, thank you for staying with us um, hopefully you enjoyed that podcast and he turned what he turned this is bad I, I don't I, I don't know how I don't to get out of this. this can, I think can we should make it stop please my head stop <laughs> alright alright right. she hasn't but, even got um, her headphones on she can't hear any of it 
Yeah, perhaps, I mean, I'm sure there's value to this, but perhaps in the future we need to think about exactly what the content of these intros and outros is going to be. Yeah. I think we had the idea because we wanted additional content, like it's some sort of a reward. I'm not sure this is a reward for anyone, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I genuinely am appreciative. That, um, in fact, we should, we should have a competition so that people listen to the end, they can tweet us. The last word that's said on the pod to get a mention in first the person show. to tweet to tweet the at whole radio to email uh, email account. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Let me start that again. Mark, what about email that the out. whole radio Twitter? Yeah, email the whole radio Twitter. <laughs> first person to somehow send us a message that says the final word of this outro will get a goodbye mug. How about that? Yes, they've got to message Jen on Twitter. No, that's that's <laughs> no, don't do that. Why people um, just? Do you say won't people just what? Like, fast-forward to the end. Well, they won't know, will they? No. Well, I see what you mean. <laughs> now? Are, they, yeah, no. but we are at the end. They're, yeah, they'll be at the, the end. It depends. If we go on for another hour, they probably will. Actually, I've got a better idea for a competition. At yeah. some point during the towards the end of the show, I'm going to give you a clue. I broke wind, and it was much louder than I intended. <laughs> if you can pinpoint the exact time of that and send it to us, first person to do that gets a goodbye mug. <laughs> <laughs> But they have to message Jill when it is. Yeah, yeah, but you have to message Jill. Yeah. At Jill the Caddy. <laughs> <laughs> message him the timestamp for when it happens. We'll check. The first person to do that wins a goodbye mug. That's a brilliant competition. We're going to win awards for this. Can we enter? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know when you did it. No. No, I don't know exactly. I'll have to listen back. But um, I managed to keep my composure and not laugh too much. It was while I was speaking, I think. Are we going to have the hashtag, hashtag Chris guffed at? <laughs> can do, can do. Let's let's leave that there. Um, see, it was worthwhile after all, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> see you next week. Bye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.